two weeks ago, we concluded our eight-week series on the great question. It was a very challenging and thoughtful series, and I really do appreciate Pastor Richard's uh, insight and pastoral counsel to guide us through these questions. But when we drafted our series, we realized that there were some tough questions that we haven't quite covered yet. And so we thought that it would be good for us to address the theme of finding God in Canada. Little did we know that today we would be feeling the hit of the second wave. And Thank <laughs> you. 
in some skeptic came to Jesus asking for a sign. Jesus pointed to Jonah. Of course, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish. So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It's as if Jesus is saying through his life, I want to end the song. There is nothing more convincing of God's great message to us than looking at the life of Jesus Christ. We can never look at another global event and say, well, that's a bigger sign. That's something more overwhelming. The greatest sign we could ever find people to is Jesus. And if we are looking for a special message to get people back on track with God, the most decisive sign that we have is Jesus. People in every generation want to see a special sign from God. And why? Somebody else. Why doesn't God just write a message in the clouds for us? The answer is, he already does. The Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, he urged his followers to pray regularly, your kingdom come. In other words, we do not wait for a special world event to teach us that we can actively work and pray for the advancement of God's kingdom here on earth. Rather, we anticipate his coming every day as we live the Christian life. Every day, praying your kingdom come. In fact, for us, every day is a preparation to be We don't have to wait for a special world event. And let's remind each other that one day, Christ will come personally, visibly, and gloriously. He has promised us this. When Jesus spoke at the end, or is it more the beginning, with his glorious return, he said to his disciples, you don't know the day or the hour. In the meantime, we have work to do in the power of so it seems that it's not our job to make a schedule of the Lord's return or to carry out details, but it's how we wait it takes every single day for us. Like living faithfully, like waiting with a sense of peace. And the biggest danger, I think, for us is that we stop waiting. We stop waiting for Him. And we fill our lives with our thoughts. So we pray each some Christians have, have pointed out that this current world crisis is a sign telling people to repent. It's a sign telling people that they should turn to God because of what's happening. And maybe it's true. Maybe now some people will turn to God who haven't turned to God before or who haven't taken Jesus and the gospel message seriously. God can use this to speak to people. But there's a book. The Talmud was a Jewish book that was a commentary on Old Testament law. And it teaches in the Talmud this commentary on the Old Testament. There was one teaching here that says that every person should fully repent of all their sins, 
what do you get to be part of the And then somebody asks, but who wouldn't know that they have? And the answer is, treat every day as if it was the day before your life. Ready to life for that is what matters the most. Starting today, I think there's something to this, that this is the way to get ready. So just as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, and we expect the coming of the kingdom, daily and regularly, when we are waiting for the kingdom to come, we are also coming regularly to pray, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't have to wait for a world crisis to trigger us to repentance. On the other hand, to say no to the kingdom of God and to say yes to the kingdom of God. So what should we do? What should we do as we think of living our life now in the COVID-19 world? Well, if you have your Bibles or devices here, I'm going to ask you to turn to that Acts 11. Verses 20 to 30. We're going to look to these verses. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So what's going on here? What's the story here? The church was growing. And then, at a specific point in time, with the growth of the early church, it was learned that a great famine was coming across the land. Here the church did not say, this is the sign of the Lord's return. Nor did they say, this is the opportunity to call people to repentance. They didn't ask God, why is this horrible thing happening to us right now? What did they do? And note this, the same is true for us. You and I, we don't always know why but instead, they reacted by saying, what do we do about it? They responded by looking practically at the resources that they had available, and they shared with those who were in need. And in the early centuries of the church, they seemed to take crises for granted, whether it was persecution, or famine, or plague. We don't have to ask the question, why? But what does God want us to do? And how can we help? This is the same kind of pattern that we find also in John chapter 9, where Jesus interacts with the man who was born blind. Some people were looking at this man who was born blind, and they were asking, why this personal crisis of blindness happen to him? Why should this happen? Whose fault is it? Why did this come upon him? 
And Jesus didn't look at his life and say, all that happened because there was some sin that needed to be punished. Jesus simply looked forward to see what God would do about it. He was looking forward to seeing how God would act. What can we do now that the crisis is here? We want to pay attention to what God wants to do through us and live as the church caring for the needs of our lives. And this is exactly what I have seen you do. I feel like I have a front row seat in witnessing how you care. Whether it is through the act of care of delivering groceries or responding to financial needs of other friends who are in need, or by reaching out to a friend by phone to someone who is discouraged, or encouraging other people who are feeling depressed and discouraged. My prayer is not just that our church survives this season. to lament, not just as one or two individuals or a handful of individuals in our church, but we learn to lament as a whole community. And I want to remind you of two separate ideas that appear in Scripture. And if you listen to them, you might think they're contradictory, but there are two really strong ideas that are found in Scripture. The first is this. People suffer because of their sin. That's true. It's true. You look at parts of the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, that people suffer because of their sin. Look at passages of Scripture like Deuteronomy 28, and you'll find throughout that chapter the thread where God is basically saying, if you obey me, you will receive these blessings. And if you do know that, then you will not experience these good things that I want to give you. And that is one thread of scripture that we find. That's why the people of Israel went into exile because they were disobedient. There is the mark of 
and the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. It's like the Holy Spirit is praying through us, joining us in that groaning. That the Holy Spirit joins us in the struggle. God is with us. I might have a little bit of a title and the pandemic is a great read and looked at it and taken some of the ideas for this message today. But in it, he writes this thought Here we are at one of the most glorious passages of Scripture, Romans 8. And here Paul is saying, we don't know what we ought to pray for. We don't really quite have it all figured out. We are the lost, but it is right here that we are people of prayer at the place where the world is in. It's a profound idea that God enters into our grief and helps us by praying through us. Where's God in my suffering? Two weeks ago, Dr. Richard addressed really that question beautifully. And the profound truth that he reminded himself, and I want to say it again, is this Jesus promised, I am with you always. But I love the words in Psalm 91 where God says, I'll be with you in trouble. Be with you in trouble. And as we wait during the confusing in between time, we groan for more so we can say with the psalmist, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning, and more than the weary world waits for a vaccine. Lord, I am waiting for you. Because our hope is in the Lord. And the final healing that He will bring to our I am praying for a vaccine. I know that I will use the My theology professors in graduate school said to our eager class, every generation is going to have to really figure out what it means to be a Christian. And when he said that, actually I was taken back. As a young student, so eager for I thought, that's a crazy idea. We all have received the same message, the message of Jesus Christ that was delivered once and all to the saints. The gospel story has not changed. Why does every new generation have to really learn what it means to be a Christian? But I wonder if, at that point in time, my twenties as I was studying that my faith was more than that, and less in trying to work in the relationship with the living God. But over the years, I've come to love Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, more and more, where Paul writes, continue to work out your salvation. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trust. 
for it is God's mercy to heal and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. But his verse doesn't say, work for yourself. doesn't say that. Christ has provided his salvation, his rescue, on the basis of his work on the cross. This good God is at work in every instance of your life. His energy is powerfully working in you. When you trusted in him, he is in every instance working in your life. But there's still something more that you and I have to do. Not sure what kind of spiritual challenges this season of COVID 19 has produced for you. But I do believe that God is uniquely using this season to call you more closely to Continue to work out your own salvation. Run this spiritual race with all your might. Don't stop halfway in your pursuit of God. Figure out how to live the Christian life in the specific challenges that are set before you. Fight the good fight of the faith. God is doing something unique in your life in this season. So may we press on to find Him. May we wait patiently for Him. May we learn to lament. My dream for our church is that we will be known as a place with a growing Christian community who will love a good God in our celebrations and who will love a good God in the midst of our many losses and our difficulties. Thank you.